Welcome to the newest installment of The Voice Speaks. I am Olufemi Nathan Oshako, Executive Director of Eternal Ground Ministries and host of this podcast. In keeping with the life of David, we are picking back up in 2 Samuel chapter 14. Just for context, we'll read verses 1 through 3, but the majority of today's lesson will be over the closing scriptures uh, verses 25 through 33 and the thought for today's lesson is middleman 2nd Samuel 14 1-3 says Joab the son of Zariah knew that the king's heart longed for Absalom so Joab sent someone to Tekoa and had a wise woman brought from there he said to her, pretend you're in mourning, dress in mourning clothes, and do not use any cosmetic lotions. Act like a woman who spent many days grieving for the dead. Then go to the king and speak these words to him. And Joab put words in her mouth. Joab saw that David's heart was heavy, that it longed for his son Absalom. That he really wanted to be with him. He really wanted him near him. But because of the things that Absalom had done, he was exiled and needed to be exiled. But Joab decided, hey, I'm going to get in the middle of this. I know where the king's heart is. So let me help him out in this situation and expose some things and, and allow his son to come back so that he can have some joy. He won't be so sad. Joab did not seek the Lord regarding this, though. He did what he felt was right. Was David in pain? Absolutely. Was bringing back the exiled person, especially using covert actions, getting someone to come and, and play a role to trick him and then say, hey, well, you're doing this for me. Why don't you do it for yourself by bringing your son Absalom home? No. That was not the way to go about doing it. In verse 25 gives us a bit of information about the young man Absalom. It says in Israel, there was no man so highly praised for his handsome appearance as Absalom. From the top of his head to the sole of his foot, there was no blemish in him. Verse 26 says, whenever he cut his hair or cut the hair of his head, he used to cut his hair once a year because it was too heavy for him. He would weigh it and its weight was 200 shekels by the royal standard. So about five pounds. So looking at the scripture, he was the prettiest somebody that Israel had ever seen and not only that he was like flawless no blemish in him not from his head to his toes hair was so long and beautiful that he had to cut it once a year because he couldn't hold his head up straight it, he had five pounds of hair that he cut off his head every year you know so th this man is just like supermodel gorgeous I guess but it really doesn't matter 
from God's perspective, it doesn't matter. David probably was partial to Absalom. Like, hey, yeah, look at him, boy. Look at my boy. He sure is pretty, isn't he? Yeah, like I was back in the day. Look at him with his old pretty self. And it doesn't have a blemish in him and all that pretty hair. Woo! Look at my boy. Yeah, well, David should have known that looking on the outward appearance is not what God would have us to do. When David was chosen as king, he was chosen over his brothers, including his oldest brother, who when Samuel saw him, was like, oh yeah, look at him. Mm-hmm. Tall and, and good looking, strong, virile looking man. That's the one. And God told Samuel, man looks at the outward appearance, but God judges the heart. And David wasn't judging the heart of his son. He was looking at his outward appearance and probably thought this is the one. The one that God was talking about when he said, your son will build a house for me. Because he was looking at the outside. He wasn't looking at the heart in this sense. All right. Verses 29 and 30. Then Absalom sent for Joab in order to send him to the king. But Joab refused to come. So he sent a second time, but he refused to come. Then he said to his servants, look, Joab's field is next to mine and he has barley there. Go set it on fire. So Absalom's servants set the field on fire. Joab is the one who orchestrated the return. And since he would not come and deliver a message for Absalom, who lived for two years in exile, or I should say two years not seeing the face of David because David said, okay, you can come back, but you can't see my face. And Absalom was like, this is for the birds. Why am I here if I can't see the king? This makes no sense. So since I can't go see the king, let me go get the one who allowed me, or I should say, put everything in order for me to come back, the middleman. Have him go deliver this message for me since he jumped into business in the first place. But Joab's failure to bend to the will of the rebel led him to lose his property. Had he sought God before getting involved in this situation, then he wouldn't have gotten involved in the situation. He would have allowed Absalom to stay exiled or may have even said to David, hey, look, as long as Absalom is out there, he may come for your throne. Uh, you know that he's very, very crafty. That's how he killed Amnon. You need to send me and the boys out there to get him. No, instead, he was being led by his flesh, led by his feelings, seeing his uncle's heavy heart because he wanted to be with his son, but he knew he couldn't. Instead of praying, he did what he did. And now his stuff is all messed up. And that is a very, very important point to take from this lesson. When you insert yourself into other people's business, you then can either reap the reward of being in there and or pay the penalty for being involved in something that did not have anything to do with you 
so many people trying to break up other people's fights wound up being hurt and harmed and even killed being fought by the same person that they're trying to help a rescue gotta be careful when you are stepping into someone else's situation and Joab should have known better he saw how David prayed in many different situations when it seemed like the the path to take the course of action was clear he was there in Ziklag with his brothers and very well may have been some of the party that looked to stone David because their hearts were so heavy due to their children and wives being taken and saw David pray saw David lead them to glory but he didn't pray he didn't seek God and now his property's all messed up and now he's got to take a message that he didn't want to take because he stepped in and influenced and encouraged David to bring Absalom back so so very important that we pray after instructing the church to put on the full armor of God Paul encourages us in Ephesians chapter 6 verse 18 which says and pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests with this in mind be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people Paul found about three different ways to remind us to pray pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests be alert and keep on praying for who for all of God's people not just for yourself but Joab didn't do this he wasn't prayer he stepped in the middle of a mess and then had to deal with the mess. Jesus stepped in the middle of our mess, though. He was the best middleman ever. He stepped in between the mess that we had made by opening up ourselves to sin and then stepped in between us and sin to separate us from it and to separate us from the penalty. The Bible says in Romans 8.34 that he intercedes for us. He's our go-between, that he is seated on the right hand of the Father. He is seated in the place of power, pleading on our behalf. If you're going to be a middleman, be a middleman who's praying. Follow the example that Jesus set before us. Direction is important in our lives. And discipline is important in our lives. Absalom was looking for direction. In verse 32, which says, Absalom said to Joab, Look, I sent word to you and said, Come here so I can send you to the king to ask, Why have I come from Geshur? It would have been better for me if I was still there. Now then I want to see the king's face. And if I'm guilty of anything, let him put me to death. Absalom was like, look, I could have stayed where I was. 
it would have been better for me to be there than to be here near the king, be here near my father, and I can't see his face. Talk to me. Am, am I wrong? Did I do something wrong? Tell me. Because if I am, if I'm guilty, kill me. Please. I want direction. I want to know what's right. But David didn't do that. David did not provide that direction. And Absalom, again, he, he he's like, what, what is going on? Why am I here and I'm, I'm still being allowed to live if I've done something wrong? Absalom loved Tamar. He loved his sister. So much so that when you look at verse 27 of the same chapter, it talks about Absalom's kids said he had three sons and a daughter. Doesn't say anything about the names of anyone except for his baby girl who he named Tamar after his sister and said that she became a beautiful woman. This pretty Little baby girl became a beautiful woman, just like my sister, who I loved, that my brother raped, and my daddy didn't do anything about it. So I waited for two years, he didn't do anything, and I did something. And you haven't put me to death, so I guess what I didn't do is wrong, because I'm telling you, if if I did something wrong, then give me the penalty for what I've done. But David didn't do that. As a matter of fact, in verse 33, he really absolves Absalom of the wrong that he'd done. Verse 33 says, so Joab went to the king and told him this. The king summoned Absalom and he came in and bowed down with his face to the ground before the king and the king kissed Absalom. He could have kissed him and said, I love you and said, but no, you're wrong. And I allowed you to stay in exile because you were wrong. I should not have brought you back. That was wrong. And I should have dealt with Amnon. You're right. I didn't. I should have dealt with you and I didn't. But now I'm doing the right thing and I'm doing what I know I need to do. See, David knew full well the importance of correction and that the Lord shows his love for his people and provides comfort. He stated that in Psalm 23, that thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. The rod will be used by the shepherd to strike the sheep and to injure the sheep, to keep them from going off and, and go in places that were going to be detrimental to them. The shepherd's rod, that hook, would go around their neck and, and pull them back in line, bring them back into the fold as they strayed away. But David said those things that you have, the, the, the pain and the affliction that, that you afflict me with, that the wounds of a friend are faithful, you've afflicted me with this pain. Thank you. That shows me your love. You correct me by grabbing me by the neck and pulling me back into the flock, pulling me back into the place of safety. Thank you. But he didn't do this for his children. Why? I don't know. Maybe he felt guilty because he didn't handle things the right way. Maybe this is the fallout 
of his sin and God's judgment on him. In 2 Samuel 12, 10, when Nathan was talking to him regarding what he'd done with Bathsheba and the penalty that was coming, he said, the sword will never leave your house. So maybe his inability to act was a byproduct of the sins that he committed. We don't know. One thing that we do know is that James 4.17 tells us that to know to do good and not to is sin. And David knew the good things to do and he did not, which was sin. And he paid for it. But that's for another day. Key points from this lesson. Before you get in the middle of somebody's stuff, make sure that that is where God wants you to be. Don't get caught up in your emotions and in your feelings and seeing stuff. You know, okay, yep, you see it and your heart goes out. But make sure it's what God wants you to do. Because remember, the heart is deceitfully wicked above all. Who can know it? So make sure that if your heart is going out, that is God's heart going and not just yours. How do you do this? You do this through prayer. It is very important that you pray at all times and in all things. Seek God's face. Get his direction. That's how you ensure that you're doing what God wants you to do. Love corrects. The correction that is given is done so to keep you from the pain of bad decisions. Love is not just, oh, I let you do whatever you want to do. No, love protects and it does so through correction. Do what you know to do is right. The outcome could be detrimental both for you and for others if you're apathetic. So say la, pause, and think about this. I want to encourage you to subscribe and tell a friend about the podcast next week. We'll be in chapter 15 to see how David's handling of the situation impacts his kingdom. Until then, God bless and keep it together.